0: Welcome to Mums on Cloud 9. I'm Heather Black, a champion for women in tech and founder of Mums, a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. My podcast aims to inspire and support mums to develop a flexible, well-paid, successful career in the tech sector. On the show, we share top tips, insight and inspirational stories from women who carved out a great career in the sector, as well as talk to employers and experts who champion diversity and gender equality. During Series 4, we are helping people to stand out in the crowd, whether that's pursuing career ambitions, bridging the gender equality gap, or even shining a light for other women to follow. This week, we talked to Debbie Forster, CEO of Tech Talent Charter, about how authenticity can help you stand out in the crowd. It's really important to know yourself and to be yourself in your career rather than trying to be someone else. Debbie, welcome to the show. Please do introduce yourself and tell us more about why you set up the Tech Talent Charter.
1: Hi, Heather. Thanks for having me here. Um, I started the Tech Talent Charter. I was actually asked to join. Someone called um, Sinead Bunting wrote the charter and gathered some of us together. My first comment was if I had to go to another event where there was no women in tech, my head would explode. I was tired of talking about the problem. And so the charter came about bringing together companies who wanted to do something in the space and to share what was working and not working. And so that was back in 2017, and we had 17 companies. Where now we just broke
0: 600 this week. So it's it's gone mm-hmm. from strength to strength. That's fantastic. It's so it's so amazing to see how these companies actually want to support this. So
1: mm.
0: we're talking about authenticity today. So where did authenticity come from in this whole conversation about women in tech? Why is it so important?
1: Well, I think it's it's important from an employer standpoint, because what they've realized is in the early days, there was that obsession with diversity. OK, so this is that tick box. I, and I used to joke about there was the takeaway window approach of I need three women, two black people, <laughs> a disabled people in an order to go. Yeah. And then because nothing had changed in terms of culture. People who were different would come into the workplace, but then expect be expected to fit in to that mm-hmm. carbon copy of everything else. So they might bring in a, a, a woman, they might bring in someone who's black, but they need to confirm to those, those sort of bro culture. That's really changed. And our employers are realizing more and more that to get really amazing inclusive, innovative teams. It's important to build spaces where people can bring their whole selves to work. And it's actually their difference rather than the way that they fit in with some cultural norm Mm. that brings
0: richness to what companies do. Interesting. So let's talk about authenticity. Why do women feel the pressure to be something they are not in the workplace? We talk about high heels, lipstick and like, you know, saying it's a long time
1: since we wore heels. Yeah. (laughs) And thank God for that. I I think I think a lot of this came about, first of all, because there is there's a pressure for conformity for us as women, full stop. And it's interesting when you talk about that a lot of times when we talk about it, authenticity, we talk about our armor first, you know, what we wear and what we look like. And the, that I think often comes from the fact that we've not as a culture um, got to a place where women feel comfortable in occupying the space that they're in mm-hmm. where commodities that have to look a certain way and behave a certain way, et cetera. So, so the, the shift to authenticity is the shift To, to, I think, for us as individuals to believe that we belong in a space and that we're there to bring what is different and unique about us, not to conform to something outside. But that That pressure is underlined. And I, you know, I'm also going to say, this is not something where I just point to those bad men who do these things to us poor helpless women, you know, I think Mm -hmm. you and I've talked about this before, I remember one of the worst pieces of career advice I was given was by a woman. A woman who line managed me and I was going in the time I was in education and I was going on to be a new head teacher. And I was going to be quite young for this space back Mm -hmm. a million years ago when I was 37. But I remember her saying to me in the spirit of helpful advice, oh, Debbie, you don't want to go by Debbie. No one's going to take you seriously as Debbie. I think you should go by your given name by Deborah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she seemed smart. She seemed clever. So I went by Deborah, and I got the job and I walked in and everyone called me Deborah. What I hadn't thought through was the only time in my life I had been called Deborah was when I was in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent the first month of my life, whenever someone would come in to say something to me, flinching internally, thinking, well, what am I doing You're wrong? wrong. <laughs> and, and that became this moment, that, that sort of first step in. I've got to stop listening to all the other voices outside my head and inside my head Mm. that tell me what I should be. I should be this and I should be that. I had a friend that used to call me, don't shoot all over yourself. Stop shooting all over yourself. It's about understanding who I am, the good, the bad, and the ugly. pre makeup Now, (laughs) authenticity is not I become a human volcano you know, that I walk into work and I just vomit everything that I'm thinking and feeling at the time. And I roll up, you know, with my hair hanging. No, it is me trying to be my best self, but it's myself. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so it's comfortable. You know, we talk about heels, it's putting on those pair of shoes emotionally that I know I can wear all day, that is not going to have me exhausted by the end of the day. And I battled with that a lot as a young head, because i was you know i was 37 a woman in a largely in secondary head male role and i was having to negotiate how am i the authority figure
0: mm-hmm. when
1: i am younger than some of my staff to my kids if i shout i'm just the 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 screaming mother yeah and there's no single answer and it's really important to hear advice from everyone else mm. but it's then something we've got to sit down in some quiet, safe space for ourselves Mm. to Mm. understand who we are, what we want to be, our best self, but our truest self. And the more I'm willing to bring what feels like to me, my frailties, my lack of of confidence in things, the more people respond really positively to that. Not as a shrinking violet, help me, I can't possibly figure that out. But in a strong way, I don't know that. Can you explain that mm-hmm. to me? And then accepting the quirky things about me can bring real advantages to teams that I'm on, organizations I'm in and allow myself the freedom to make mistakes mm. okay? and try things on. It is. It goes back to shoes, different shoes for different occasions, but as long as they fit my feet, you know, I don't have to be one certain person and thing. I'm a multifaceted person and I can bring different aspects of myself to different roles, jobs, scenarios. Mm. And I just need to be comfortable, get comfortable in my own skin.
0: Mm. And what the reflection for me, as you say that, Debbie, can I say Deborah then? Because she said (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
1: ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Debbie.
0: Um, Is for the, those listeners you might need to figure out who your authentic self is right mm. now because there is that you know 20s high heels lipstick going like there is something that about putting heels on that makes me think oh this is my work self not my mum's self agreed but the agreed. other thing that I reflect on also is that 20s to 30s to 40s and when I became 40 when I became 40 now I'm like 42 well I'm 42 um I was like oh you know what's my 40s wardrobe <laughs> I'm like, you know, is it still heels? Is it not heels? Like, do I need a whole new wardrobe, which I'm going to treat myself to when we possibly go out the door and start wearing more things? Um, but yeah, like actually, you know, finding your authentic self at different stages in your life. I think, you know, I feel like, oh, I need somebody to take me shopping because I don't know what's to wear. But, and you're falsely right. Falsely,
1: and you're, you, know? but the thing I'd pull up and it's interesting, mm. again, we go to clothes and makeup. Mm,
0: well, that's because
1: but it's but it is but it is the entry mm. point into as women we discover ourselves and so yes I do think and I think some of the the, the women who I most love the way they look is they do understand this is part of a costuming piece okay, okay. Yeah, and so you know understanding where what we wear mm. and how it fits who and what we are or the scenarios. So for example, I would always, if I had high conflicts during the day, I would always have a higher neck blouse or a, a scarf mm-hmm. because I can smile and keep my stuff together during a meeting and look calm, but I go red in the chest. Oh, okay. <laughs> so scarf, my senior team started realizing, going, ooh, tough day today. Yes, <laughs> now just hush and go sit down over there. But but there's, I think throughout it, whether it's our, our wardrobe, our makeup, but then more importantly, who we are. Society, one of the things that we we bring in as women so much more than I hear men talking about is we need someone, something to give us permission.
0: Mm. We need
1: the fashion magazines to tell us what we're allowed to wear this season. We need fashion gurus to tell us what we're allowed to wear at what
0: age and what, oh, what, ne- you know, never really listened to that to be fair.
1: <laughs> we don't. Yeah, And yet you know, and I get what you're saying. And my God, I'm not a fashion victim, because I, I I, tapped out of that. But there's still part of me that thinks, not do I like this? Do I like the way I look or feel? in this is what does that look like to someone else?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I and, and that's okay with clothes, we'll do a whole other fashion show another time. I think there's a because That is just the surface of it. And so many of us do that internally.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Am I too, am I too smiley? Am I too joking? Am I too, and we're Mm -hmm. we're seeking permission and giving that power to someone else.
0: Mm.
1: And it's not, again, it's not about extremes. I'm not saying, say any damn thing you want, et cetera. We need to show respect and sensitivity to those around us, but that's not often what we're doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: we're trying to figure out what are the rules in the room and how do we fit into those rules to be allowed in the room
0: yeah yeah and i
1: it's sometimes we, and sometimes we are in jobs sometimes we may want a job badly enough or need a job badly enough that we will have to play those rules but then what i would say is if you can get in and get power change the rules Mm -hmm. You know, I think and I think do keep out there are more and more and more companies that are learning that they shouldn't be setting those rules, that they should be more inclusive and look for different ways that we can help everyone feel that they belong, Mm -hmm. not that they conform, that they don't just have just a right to be in the room, but they have a right to have a voice, a say, um, a, a
0: skin in that game. Absolutely. And I think, you know, So my other reflection, I guess, I it's funny with the clothes because I think that for me is that element of confidence. And we're going to go into like what where do women find their confidence? And I think for me, it's it's dressing up and feeling nice that kind of puts me in my makeup on doesn't give me confidence, but it will be completely different for other people. I think the other thing to bring up here and, and we will explore a little bit more around your tips with this um but a lot of mums have said you know it's um yeah not talking about being a mum at work you know that sort of feeling like you can't talk about you know being a mother or those kid responsibilities because then it will be looked at you know in the wrong way or that you're not as committed or whatever it is and you know saying actually I'm not going to come to the pub because I need to get home and look after the kids you know they feel bad about that so it is that authenticity you know how do you how do women find their core strengths, confidence and define their authenticity where they feel able to say that?
1: And I, you know, first thing I will say is look for companies where that's the thing. And actually where we can start those conversations, there are more and more men, you know, and if we think women find it hard to have those conversations for men, they can feel that's the kiss of death. Mm -hmm. So if you're at a place where that can't be talked about at all, ask if that is the right place for you. I'm mm. a mother and it is a huge, deeply important source of joy and sometimes angst and tears and everything else. And to to have to keep that in the closet mm. is wrong. So more and more employers are creating cultures, actively creating cultures where that is easier to do. But equally... I've got to say, Heather, I remember when I was returning to work after my daughter, it was all so glorious to reconnect with Debbie, mm-hmm. not mom. Yeah, yeah. It was also, and so it's sort of balancing the guilt on both sides. I think you know, I used to joke yeah. with friends and people who work for me. The minute the umbilical cord is formed, the guilt begins coursing through our bodies. And I'm 55, and my daughter is 23, <laughs> and I can still feel that guilt pumping through there. And things are going swimmingly with her. So, so it's, but it's understanding. It's also one of the things I loved. And sometimes, But sometimes we're so bad at is creating the space for me as Debbie, not Debbie, the head teacher or the boss or the CEO, and and then Debbie, the mom, and then Debbie, the wife, was to try and find ways. So, so as much as I, I think you should fight to have places where you can bring your mummy self to work, mm. but also use and let work be a place where you don't have to be mummy, that you mm. can be the professional, the person that has other things, you know, I, I remember sometimes how it wants to go and not have something, you know, sit down the front of my, my shirt and, and to have conversations about politics or those sorts of things. It's the balancing act, but I think sometimes allowing ourselves to start learning how to have those conversations again Mm-hmm. is
0: not be watching where the kids are that's me oh yeah conversation with somebody that lasts more than five minutes exactly and, <laughs> you, and you don't have to
1: repeat it three times you know and and remove sharp things so yeah. it is it is balancing but there, but there's a there is that process no one will give us that permission no one can give us that permission until we've given ourselves permission in our own heads
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and there is a degree of reinvention that we do when we return from work
0: all right it's finding that person and it's who finding who you that person? want to be
1: but i it's, and it's who you want to be and it's mm. probably not the person you were pre-mummy okay mm. and that is but then understanding that process of reinvention is the rest of our lives who mm. am I as a 25-year-old, as a mother, as a 35, as a 45? I'm at 55. You know, I'm on my, I don't know, umpteenth reinvention of myself. And it does <laughs> get to a point. The The process leading up to the point in which I let myself actually be the new me is quite hard. But it's like that skin that doesn't fit until I do this. Oh, for goodness sake. You know, <laughs> who am I? What am I at this stage? And actually, it does get easier, which is good because there's a whole lot of stuff about getting older that's not fun. (laughs) But one of the things is fun is I've done it enough times that there is more pleasure and there is more ease at recalibrating and connecting with myself, Mm. the me at the next chapter. And I think beyond motherhood, we've all been in lockdown. We've all been in some kind of cocoon. And I think as we come out of any big thing that's happened to us, it's worth reconnecting with ourselves. Who are we now? Mm. And realize that we're on a journey. And so, and to see that as a kind of exciting rediscovery, you know, Mm. becoming a mother for me, unlocked things and connected things for me that had never been connected before. And Mm. it disconnected some things that no longer felt as important. As my daughter became a, a, a child at school a teenager left home there's there's all of these new recalibration and that's what makes authenticity fun yeah. and that's what is going to make us more and more valuable at work because we will have more and more layers
0: mm-hmm. to draw mm-hmm. on
1: this is not a weakness being a mom and experiencing that whole other side of life brings, let's be from a really capitalist sense, right? You have a much stronger understanding of the customer base. You have a much stronger yeah. understand. Okay, but it is. I mean, if we think about it, reconnecting and, and having this whole other experience of being a mother is rich experience that's lacking, you only have to look at some of the horror stories of products and services being developed, you know, or because a woman was not there to say, (laughs) guys, you're missing something here. So it's getting comfortable in our skins, in our heads, in our hearts. It's then picking what we want to wear. What is our costuming for this piece? You know, what is our, what is our new superhero outfit (laughs) going to be? And then play experiment don't Mm. be so scared of getting it wrong and don't feel because it's one way one day that we have to be that way that is a glorious thing about being a woman is there is that stereotype of we can keep changing we can reinvent ourselves
0: we'll do whatever we want yeah. we can it's... do everyone mm-hmm. is that checking isn't it because again like when you were talking then I was thinking are you saying in your head when you speak to yourself oh I should be doing this that's when your warning light goes on right yep. I should be doing this or I should be doing that or I or, or
1: the this. other ones I always think of when a, there's suddenly a mysterious they Mm. Okay. What do they think? What, do we, what will they think? What will people think? Those two phrases, they or people, what will people think? And it's mm. that practical voice me that goes, who exactly are we thinking of, Debbie? Is this, <laughs> is this our friends? Is this our, is this our employees? Is this our co-? But people,
0: mm. people
1: are that judge and jury in our head that we're mm. always dancing for. We're always mm. thinking of something else because what will people say? What will people think? What will people do? Probably nothing because they're probably not thinking about me. Okay, because they're they're having their own little obsession in their head with what people (laughs) are thinking, and you know, and they will. Yeah, yeah. and oh God, God, I I wish that is like my superpower. Sometimes overthinking things, you know, Mm. if if there's a doctorate in overthinking, I've got several degrees, and it can be exhausting. Mm. That overthinking and that I just literally, when I catch myself doing, I just have to go. They turn it off just turn the voice off. Just hit the mute button. That's my crazy talk. Go back in the box. That's not real. But it's, you know, and we've talked also about, you know, criticism. Some people are going to come to us, and they are going to say, I don't like this, or you shouldn't do this. And, oh, my God, it hurts. You know, tell me a 1000 things and one little tiny um, uh, uh, criticism. Oh, I can, I can find that criticism anywhere in that and I can remember it for 25 years in vivid technical. But my, my sane self, it is that process of understanding my God, if no one's ever criticized me, then I've actually never taken a chance. Mm -hmm. I've never really made a difference. When people criticize one is this somebody's opinion that I actually care about who matters? That's my first question.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If it's not, find a polite way to smile and walk away. <laughs> cool. Glad you shared that. Walk yeah. away. Just, Just walk away. Fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Well, see, even that, you don't even have to do that. Re- thank you for sharing that's really valuable because it yes, may be valuable no, yes. that it's just proved Lots to be in your head. Yeah. You in would, your yeah. head. Well, because I've done that. I remember <laughs> yeah. one guy I was talking to, I said, really appreciate that. It was really felt in my head. It was yeah, yeah. really valuable because I know you're a moron now <laughs> and I'm never, <laughs> ever going to talk to you again, but you know, we don't have to unpack everything. We yeah. don't have to have the debate outside our head or inside our head, but then sometimes people are going to say things to us that care about us. They are our boss that it matters and I my first thing is just give it time. I usually then say, thank you. I just want to process this. Mm-hmm. And then it is unpacking. Is it true? Yes or no. Is it justified? Does it matter? Do I want to change? But I I can't do that in the moment. okay? I just go quite red. <laughs> maybe a little teary-eyed and went away and I don't think I don't think as women I know the minute I get teary-eyed I then go into sheer shock horror oh my god I've cried the world's ended I'm not a professional I had someone say to me it was a man because I was just like oh my god I'm so this is I'm cross that I'm tearing up and I'm now tearing up because I'm cross and he said why are you apologizing for caring about something Okay, so, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the workplace, which is destroying men as well as women, Mm -hmm. is that we say there's no place for emotion. Mm -hmm. There is. Is Mm -hmm. to allow the point of then just saying and ask for time. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. Obviously, I'm upset about this or obviously this is hard for me to hear. Can I take time? And then just park it, give yourself some time to rant around in your head Mm -hmm. then unpack it. And if necessary, unpack it with someone you trust and value
0: Mm.
1: to then decide of, yes, that is a valid, useful, constructive criticism that I can bring into myself Mm -hmm. to deal with, or that is something that I don't. Mm. And how am I going to respond? And that goes up against the authentic self. Does Mm. that you know, does that criticism help my authentic self become stronger, smarter, more efficient, more effective, more compassionate, better at communicating myself? Or is that something that just actually that's not going to happen? I mean, I have had meeting, you know, times where people have said something to me and I have to say, really appreciate you sharing it, really get why you need or want that. That's just not me. So, you know, if that's the case, then we need to do something
0: else because can't do that, can't be that, that's not me. Yeah, and it's accepting that, isn't it? I think it's really good to be that. So if we talk about um, employers, I mean, why is it important for women to kind of feel comfortable in who they want to be and and in what sort of, uh, we're looking at employers, why would they appreciate this? Why should they take it on board?
1: I think from employers' standpoint, we're, they're starting to understand more and more the real business problem this solves. Okay. So the the great thing to, to everyone in this phone call is we no longer have to talk about inclusion and belonging at work as if this is only about social justice and the right thing to do. There are in-depth studies from big names like McKinsey and Accenture. And there's a Harvard Business Review that talks about diverse thinking, operationally different teams Mm. create better products, services. They impact the bottom line. They understand audiences and users better. They so so that authenticity makes us better at what we do. And it creates richer, more widely thinking teams,
0: mm.
1: because we're part of the rest of the population. You know, the, the the biggest problems with our algorithms, our products and stuff is when it is just design when they're just being designed by a bunch of white bros in Silicon mm. Valley,
0: mm-hmm. okay?
1: And that is a tiny bit of the population. If we want to, from a capitalist sense, If we want to, to create great stuff, be really good at what we're doing and get into new markets, then we need not just diversity, we need those diverse people feeling that they can bring their whole selves to work. The other thing that's important is God bless the millennials and the Gen Zs, okay, because they're coming in with stronger expectations of that, Mm. both In terms of what they're looking for in employers, but equally what they're looking for in terms of products and services. Mm -hmm. So those companies who are getting better at being inclusive, at actively seeking out diversity, are those employers are becoming employers of choice. Mm -hmm. Employers are waking up and realizing that's how we get great people. We keep great people. And if we can talk about that, we're actually doing it as well as getting and making great stuff. We're also going to be a a more attractive brand Mm -hmm. to people. All right. So, so doing the right thing, being inclusive, being um, having diverse teams, looking at things like, you know, the social justice piece Mm
0: -hmm.
1: is now, thank goodness smart business
0: Mm.
1: and that we can use to our advantage Mm.
0: and and seeing that you've got that growth in your membership shows that it's testament to that
1: and it's it's companies of all shapes and sizes when I look across those 600 organizations yes we're talking the tech companies so it's it's Microsoft, it's Salesforce, it's Cisco, but it's Lloyd's Bank, it's Nationwide, it's um, Unilever, it's Mm. Cancer Research, it's Domino's Pizza, it's SMEs and startups,
0: Mm.
1: it's universities. More and more and more companies Mm. are waking up and getting that this is smart, And we need to figure out how to do this. Mm. So it's a great time to learn ourselves how to be authentic and then to look and be able to find those companies who are looking for people like us.
0: Mm. That's a good place to start looking at your charter then, isn't it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they know that. I mean, that's the sort of thing I would say is because they also know by signing up and showing, they are signaling Mm-hmm. Um, that they care about these things, that they are doing things. And if you look at, you know, the the clever woman might be looking at some of my employers and some of the, in, you know, some of our events, look at who's talking about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and mm-hmm. hear what they're talking. And then, risk case scenario, go back and quote them to themselves. Well, I know yeah, that, that, you're, that your global yeah, CEO yeah. said these things. So the world is changing. It's not, it's not done. But mm-hmm. there was interesting. One thing I'd say, Heather, that, that, um. We did, we do data and a report every year of our signatories, but that's the choir. You know, I make no apologies. I preach to the choir, but we did Mm -hmm. something this year for the first time. We worked with some partners at a test on a more general survey that went out and we sent a survey out to IT managers. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is middle management. Mm-hmm. And the kinds of stats that we had coming through were really, really positive because the kinds of things we were looking at was the majority of people actually, let me see, so there's 40 percent said they actually completely get that DNI matters mm-hmm. all right and and that they supported that their employers, were, we're wanting to do something about that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. And then there was the middle group, sort of 20% that were indifferent either way. Then there was the other group of another 20%. Yeah, I'm getting my figures wrong. 20% who were not convinced. But so what I'm seeing now is we're on the brink of getting the majority of people within the companies, not just the people who own the companies to, to who get that this matters, that get and want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, They're still afraid of getting it wrong. Mm -hmm. And there are still some who don't get it. There are still some crazy white men out there who who are not gonna help us in that respect, Mm -hmm. but they're increasingly in the minority Mm -hmm. and they're increasingly working in companies who are gonna actively try and change that.
0: Because got not got to be one or two people ticking a box. It's got to be embedded throughout people's.
1: And life. this is, I think this is what I Psyche. found exciting. Back mm. when we did it in 2017, what felt edgy and scary was even getting companies to talk about diversity. Ooh, mm. diversity. <laughs> mm. <laughs> then, the, then there was that gold rush, I told you, where then everybody's panicking, going, give me diversity. Mm. Then by about two years ago, the shift was becoming into inclusion.
0: Mm-hmm. All right yes. How do we help mm-hmm. them feel
1: comfortable? With them? But now what I loved when we had our event back in February, the the discussion is moving on now. so the, the front runners in this discussion are now starting to talk about things like belonging mm. and equality. Mm. All right. Mm. So this is about actually not just letting you in the room, not just making you feel comfortable in the room, but it's giving you a voice in Mm. the room, giving you agency within this room, actively looking at companies are realizing it's not just enough to say you've got X percent of women. It's looking Mm. at how many are in management, how many are up at those top leadership pieces. Looking at, thank God, we're not just looking at, you know, because we said back in in 17, if all we do is get white middle-class privileged women into tech, Mm. Mm. that's not inclusive. So we've got companies who are, looking at ethnicity are Mm. looking at what are they doing for lgbtq communities what are they doing in terms of um, disability social Mm. inclusion so this is about diversity in the round this is about intersectionality and there are companies and i would say i do think the uk is ahead of many other countries in this Mm -hmm. respect i'm not seeing the same kind of Um, regressive discussions of a few Mm -hmm. companies that I'm seeing that what a surprise came from Silicon Valley Mm -hmm. but you know this is this is looking at in the UK there's that growing number Mm -hmm. of companies who get it Mm -hmm. and want to get better at it and that's where I'd recommend your listeners start looking and start letting yourself be a bit choosy figure out who you are figure out what your authentic self is for now because you get to reinvent this anytime you want Mm. and then find those companies it's a work relationship interviews Mm. should be that first date Mm. okay
0: you've got to ask the right questions though haven't you so what questions do you think women should ask to really you know I would just obviously I'm talking about mums on this channel specifically but what yeah the questions that you could ask that help you identify which companies, you yeah, have actually one, progressed my, from just ticking a box. <laughs>
1: so, so one, I'd look first of all. I'd do my homework before I walk in the room, mm. and I'd look across the website and stuff. Am I seeing rooms full of in pictures after picture of white men in beards playing ping pong, doing the <laughs> doing the piece? Are we looking at? Are they sharing data? Mm. asking if they have data. Are they advertising straight away, looking for things like flexible working? Are they putting out in their materials that they're inclusive employers and those sorts of things? Mm. Then in the interview, ask about what is the work culture?
0: Mm.
1: All right. Now, you don't want to go in with a daft one. How many days can I have off? And what happens if my daughter is sick on every Thursday? So so, yeah, let's not be crazy. (laughs)
0: Let's
1: put our best self in there. But it is asking questions on help me understand with the culture, ask about growth. What are the Mm -hmm. growth opportunities? How will I be able to know that I'm going to grow and flourish in this piece? Um, I, you know, I'm suggesting more and more of my companies ask, uh, you know, have women on the panel or Mm -hmm. access to talking to women. What's it like being a woman in this company? Yeah. What's it like as a newcomer? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And then again, I often find it's as useful and valuable what you look around and see rather than what you just ask. So as you're shown in, as you're walking across the office, whatever the website said, what are you seeing? Who's in the room? How are they interacting? What are you? Are you able to have those chats with women? Are you able to see those things that are going on? And then, you know, are these interviews the big power plays? And then ask yourself, you know, because we know there are still some people that really play some real head games, mind games in an interview. If it's like that on the first date, <laughs> you really, really want to get married to this one, you know? Is this is this time to go back and you know, are you swiping right or yeah, left? Yeah, do you
0: feel show? like you connect or not? You know, it's important, isn't it? There's chemistry and understanding yeah. and rapport and not to, you know, because I've been in interviews for, I mean, I'm always in interviews for work-related stuff less these days, but, you know, it's when they all sit there very stern and, and interview and I'm like... I'm not feeling the rapport here. Like, you know, yes, it's an interview, but you don't, it doesn't need to be really cold and. and Well, it it should turn
1: into a conversation. Yeah, exactly. I know I'm finding the right people. We try, I mean, you know, I, I, as an interviewer for years, have always looked at, I do everything in my power to try and get people to bring their real selves into that interview. Otherwise Mm -hmm. we're going to have a disaster. Yeah, you know, this definitely. is again—it's a first aid. And I, I, can authentic
0: interview. Well, I,
1: I say that, and I try yeah. and say, you know, when when I interview, I will say to them, "Look, we're going to show you us, work, warts and all."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm asking you to do the same because mm-hmm. if this is going to work, we're going to have spent a lot of time together,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> do a lot yeah. of things, and and forty hours a week is a long time to maintain a lie on either side of the table. So let's be really, really best selves, but true selves. In bringing that together, because otherwise there's just it it just comes unstuck, or we have a
0: breakdown. (laughs) We don't want the two. Yeah, yeah, love that. That's a really good point to end on. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. So to follow up, can you just summarise, Debbie, what support the charter could offer to either companies listening or women in the space? So if
1: you you are a company and you're on the journey, wanting to become a more inclusive employer it is free to join so companies join all they have to do is annually give me some data that we anonymize and aggregate beyond that you've got to be willing to be on the journey to collaborate to share what works and doesn't work you can go and join today for free um, on our website if you're a woman in tech if you're a woman who wants help in that resort and i'm not b2t so i can't help you directly but i really recommend Have a look at our website. Have a look at our 600 signatories. Have a look at our Doing It Anyway campaign, the stories of women who have trained, retrained to get into tech. There's some great stories. We have an Instagram account. We have a Facebook account where women who weren't in tech got into tech and how they are thriving there. So I think that'd be the place to look and then do have a snoopy look through who our employers are and what they're saying to help you figure (laughs) out what's
0: happening behind that door. Awesome. Thanks, Debbie. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a really great conversation Um, bounced off several different areas. My real pleasure. Thanks for having me, Heather. Thank you. So for all the listeners, if you like the session today, please do rate and review on iTunes. Um, It'd be great to have your thoughts and you can visit our website supermums.org if you want to find out more about supermums. So thanks everyone for listening today and we'll see you next week on the next podcast. Take care. Bye. Mums on 9 is kindly sponsored by RB in partnership with Empha.